Goodbye, everybody. It was great having you for season two of Beef Sticks Podcast, but alas. Auf Wiedersehen, adieu. There are seasons all over the place. I've got thyme, I've got paprika, I've got cinnamon, I've got pepper salt. It's it's seasonal around here. Lowry's. I like that Mike Lowry. Speaking of Mike Lowry, isn't there a Bad Boys 3 coming up pretty soon? Rock on. Yeah, the first one, I really enjoy the first one, but until you go back and watch it years later, you don't realize how bad it is. Fun, entertaining, very entertaining. I enjoy watching it. Not a good movie, though. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Wow. I like that. It's kind of like the uh, Williams sisters. The second one was my first. It's basically an amalgamation of two of our most fun games put together, so rock on. And yes, I did bust out the amalgamation word this early into this, so suck it up, folks. Tricks. And talk about trusting them with your life. Pacey, our next sponsor, I would trust with my balls. And in fact, this is this is not a mom and pop operation, but one of Beef Sticks Podcast's biggest ever supporters, and that would be Manscaped.com, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. 
Pasty, you know, there's been many a time that I've been sitting down on the stool and uh, doing a little, a little trimming, a little trying to do some artwork down there, trying to make something a little fancy, a little nice, and uh, a zip and a zap, and not only have I screwed up the picture of Pasty White's, Pasty White's mom that was going to be on my crotch, but now I have a nick, and it is bleeding, and it is dripping, and there is going to be a red bump. It could have been. And the last thing you want when you are getting ready for a night out with your missus or your lady friend or your sister if you're living in Alabama is a bumply on your dumplings. And that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Pasty, their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology. So this trimmer, it won't nick, it won't snag your nuts. It is also rechargeable and waterproof, so you can shave in or out of the shower, wherever you feel comfortable. It's true. And Pasty Lawnmower 2.0 is so friendly that I have heard personally Michael J. Fox uses it on his balls and the way he shakes, rattles, and rolls. Um, hello, if it works on him. It'll work on you, folks. And he won't have to. And one thing he did have to go back and correct was he used to use the same razor on his face pasty that he used on his balls. Ugh. That's just nasty. And if you like to keep your uh, rear end, your posterior clear, you definitely don't want to use that one up under your old nasally tinglies. You know, the old push broom doesn't need to get some uh, Klingons up in there. You know what I'm talking about? We don't need dingleberries up in the sniffer snaffer. It ain't going to happen. But one thing you can do to make sure that your balls are smelling the best is use Manscaped's Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. Basically, what do you feel about this? Those are so nice. They hold you in just the right spot. You get a little bit of movement, but not too much. You've you seen that commercial. We're not going to name names because we don't, we don't promote the competitors around here, and if they want some promotion, they better talk to us. But you've seen the commercial with the two, uh, the two race car drivers bobbling their head around, banging and smashing. You know what? You put on a pair of these proprietary boxers from manscaped.com. They hold your junk right where it wants to be, but you don't feel bunched up. You don't feel claustrophobic. You let the boys breathe, but you keep them safe and cuddled. It's almost like one of those, uh, what, are, what do they call them, those weight blankets? It's like a weight blanket for your balls.
And Manscaped has your balls covered, but Beef Sticks Podcast has you covered. Because right now, folks, if you go to manscaped.com and order anything from their site, whether it is their Lawnmower 2.0, whether it's the Deluxe Kit, whether it's just a crop preserver, anything you want to get from there, and you use the promo code BEEFSTICKS, you will get 20% off your full order plus free shipping. Always use the right tools for the job. Your balls will thank you. Right around. That is correct. Make sure. No, you got to pay full price at Target. But nonetheless, we want you to use Manscaped.com. You need to go out there. You owe it to yourself. If you have one New Year's resolution this year, it is to go into the new year smooth, smelling good, and without nicks and cuts. Manscaped.com, promo code BEEFSTICKS. That is B E E. E-F-S-T-I-C-K-S, no space, and you will get 20% off your entire order plus free shipping. It's Beef Sticks approved. It's just too good. Yes, very much so. Maybe. Uh, there's probably more <laughs> high spots per capita for wrestling matches uh, now. I would venture to say there's probably what do you got? per capita per match more high spots than has ever been uh, accumulated in wrestling before. Unless a ball's in play at a tennis match or on a swing at a golf course. What do you course. got? Everybody's I'm doing it right now. Everybody's doing it from sure, various sure. skill levels. Unfortunately for some, and it's like cows on ice. Big old fat goddamn people like me trying to look uh, like you're a figure skater, like a Johnny Weir or somebody. See there, folks. I am very well read. Very well read, just not well spoken, Jr. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, um, a cow on ice, buddy. A cow on ice. <laughs> <clears throat> That's our good buddy JR. Yes, indeed. <clears throat> Moving right along, I think we can get into this week in pro wrestling history. Yes, sir. And that would be 
December 16th of 1995 when Debra Maselli, a.k.a. Medusa, also known as Alundra Blaze, returned to WCW on Monday Nitro, fresh off of being fired in WWF for what they called an effort to cut their losses. Ouch. Last seen in WCW in 1993, Medusa brought the gift, uh, brought a gift for Eric Bischoff, and that was the WWF Women's Championship belt. She proceeded to drop the belt in a trash can live on national TV, effectively killing that championship. The incident was never mentioned by WWF officially, but Pasty, here's the twist: it may have had far-reaching consequences. Not so much for Deborah or Medusa, if you will, but for Bret Hart. Because legend has it, the title dump played a major role in the infamous Montreal screw job nearly two years later, as Vince McMahon was afraid of Bret taking the WWF World Championship to WCW with him. As for Medusa, after appearing on WCW programming through June 1997, she took a two-year hiatus before returning as a member of Randy Savage's Team Madness, along with Miss Madness, who was the future Molly Holly. She was a regular on WCW programming and became a trainer at WCW's power plant training facility until WCW's sale to WWF in 2001. When Vince McMahon bought the company, he used that platform to stick it to many performers he felt had wronged him and refused to bring her on board So she left the pro wrestling world and became a monster truck driver full-time. Maselli, as her ring name Medusa, still drives her own monster truck to this day, Pasty. That is amazing. Wasn't she also just, uh, no, no, I was thinking Alundra Blaze. No, wait, this is Alundra Blaze, yeah, inducted into the Hall of Fame recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. It's, yep, she it, was just recently inducted into the uh, Hall of Fame, maybe two years ago. It's just surprising that she would be inducted after dropping the the title into the trash can. But, I mean, I guess history played out the way it did anyway, so it is what it is. Yeah, it didn't hurt Vince in the long run. And to be fair, Medusa, who she's more known as, was not inducted, and Alundra Blaze was. So, yeah. you know Vince. He always has to have his own little gimme gimme. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this was a very historic moment in WCW and the, the war with WWF and WCW. It was one of the big shots that were fired. That and acquiring uh, Lex Luger yeah. on the first Monday Nitro and giving away results of taped WWF Raw matches on live WCW TV. I mean, they were... They were pulling out all the stops. Yes, they were. And what a good time it was. And God, I can't wait till till the AEW NXT shit gets into full gear that way. I mean, if it happens, but I think it will. Right. Uh but to keep this ball on the roll and trucking, it's time to step Ugh. into the fire. 
with some NWA Into the Fire pay-per-view results. This was a big show. This was a big one, and uh, I was I was excited to see how it was going to turn out. It was less um, less NWA power, which was good, but it still had a bit of the old school in it with a bit of the new school, a good blend. I enjoyed this very much, Pasty. We started out with uh, Eli Drake defeating Ken Anderson. This was a really solid, really good opener, to be honest. I would say that uh, it was a a main-level opener. It ended with uh, a pretty simple ending as they were fighting on the turnbuckle. Anderson flipped over to try to sunset flip Drake, and uh, Drake held onto the ropes and then dropped onto Anderson. It was a lackluster ending to what was a very solid match. Um, we've seen better openers in pay-per-view history, but if we're going with the old-school NWA-type style, this was the perfect opener. I love it. I was uh, I was really hoping a lot for this match. I did not get to watch this pay-per-view, but I did catch it, um, NWA Power this week, and Eli Drake kicked it off with a promo, but he had no voice left to speak with. It was pretty pretty rough. I know, right? He was he was spent. <laughs> did he? Did he? Was there just a lot of screaming? Did he get choked out? That's I, I'm not certain. He didn't get choked out. He just I I'm thinking he partied too much afterwards. To be honest, is kind of where I'm thinking that went. I'm not sure, but it was a. Uh... Definitely a good match, a uh, good opener. And then we went into an unadvertised match. We had Thunder Rosa defeating Tasha Steeles in her NWA debut match, Pasty. Yes. Um, Steeles is a is a strong Puerto Rican wrestler. She's very into the Puerto Rican roots. I expect to see her uh, join Pride and Powerful. That's just kind of where I see this going, and I think it would make sense. And I'm all for it. I have nothing against that, to be honest. Hell yeah, that would be sweet. This match clocked in at the shortest match on the card, but with it being unannounced, yeah. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, and you know what? They made they made Tasha Steeles look tough, and they made her on par with uh, Thunder Rosa, obviously. Um, Thunder Rosa ended up winning, but Rosa continued to attack Steeles, and that's when Ashley Vox actually ran in to make the save. So it'll be interesting to see where that whole uh, that whole dynamic fits in because Ashley Vox was injured and wasn't able to make the tag match later on in the show. So it, it'll be interesting to see. There's a lot of there's a lot of threads to be woven just in this unannounced women's match here that was the shortest match. So it's kind of interesting to see where this is going. Well, it's an interesting first chapter to what I'm hoping will be a very strong story for the women of NWA because I think they're off to a really good start here. 
Then we saw the question mark defeating Trevor. I think Murdoch. it's great that for a smaller promotion with um, but but with a with a smaller promotion with with such a short time schedule and and not that long of a pay per view, it's uh it's great that they do emphasize the women as much as they do. Obviously, you could more, but you could a lot less. Yeah, I think. I mean, they have two matches on the card. That's probably better than most AEW shows. Not even probably. It is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's nice. So we're moving on now. Yes. Tell us about Question Mark and Trevor uh, Murdoch. All right. This was good. I love the whole question mark, Aaron Stevens deal, the Mongrovian. You know, he's from Mongrovia, which I just love because it obviously doesn't exist. <laughs> um, they actually went out there and question mark sang the Mongrovian national anthem, which was just fucking great. It was just him grunting harmonically. It was, it was, it was. I just loved it. It was just too much in the best cheesy campy sort of way that you could ask for. I just love it. Um, Question mark did end up winning. As we had said in the prediction, I wasn't sure if this was supposed to be an unmasking or not. It didn't end up being that. Uh, But this, this was, this was really, really a fun match and there this storyline with question mark is is has got me so intrigued i he is my favorite character right now and i honestly don't know who the fuck he is and he's not the best <laughs> he obviously doesn't do promos and he's not the best in the ring but he's got a good gimmick and it speaks for how much a good gimmick can do for you yeah i'm looking forward to getting to know this guy i liked him from just from reading his name the first time i'm like oh this is this is smart i like this uh, I'm, I'm interested to see where this goes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's just great. He's just a he's a regular old wrestler under a mask with a question mark on it. <laughs> I dig it. Up next, we had the iconic team of the Rock and Roll Express defending their NWA World Tag Team Championships against the Wild Cards and Pasty. They retrain. They retained. I did not see that coming. I did. <laughs> so how did this go? one kind of this, this? Well, this was a, a big, this was a big ado with um, Eddie Kingston and Homicide coming down to ringside with Rock and Roll Express and the Dawsons joined the Wild Cards and it was a, a lot going on in there, but. Fuck, the Rock and Roll Express looked good. I mean, they were kind of they were kind of protected. There was a lot of outside interference. The other four, the Kingston, Homicide, and Dawson's got a lot into it. Yeah. But Pasty, the Rock and Roll Express, they're each over sixty years old. <laughs> Hundred and twenty years. They fucking plus did the awesome. Uh, Pasty, Ricky Morton did a suicide dive. Yeah? <laughs> Fuck! You gotta God have a lot of it. trust in the guys you're working with at that age, I swear. That is oh, some no scary shit. shit. <laughs> it was super fun, super good. I liked it, and I'm happy the Rock and Roll Express won. I, 
they could carry it as long as they want to just for the nostalgia of it. So I, I'm good with it. I'm good with it. Uh, I love it. I'm, I'm so happy they're still kicking and doing good. And people like Undertaker and Goldberg and even Sting could really take a page out of their book and learn a thing or two. Just because you're old doesn't mean you can't go. Oh, truly. Yeah. 60 plus. Holy shit. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, have we had Rock and Roll Express versus um, the Briscoes yet? I think I think that sounds like something we've had. But if it's not, it's something. I don't had. think I don't think we have. No, it would I be a scary match. It, I would be I would be chewing off what little bit of fingernails I I, I do have. <laughs> I think the Rock and Roll Express may die, and I think it'd be less because of what the Briscoes did, and more what the rock and roll express tried to do right yeah <laughs> i want yeah rock and roll express versus the briscoes versus uh the lucha bros that would be great there you go oh my gosh <laughs> falls count anywhere on and it's a three-way match so you can still protect the rock and roll express by having them not do so much or take right so much. that would be fun uh, very very fun AEW revolution make it happen do it <laughs> Next pasty, we have uh, Allison K and teaming with ODB. Whoa! O- I know. I lo- I was so I. I was really hoping she would go to AEW, but that appearance was good enough for me. And oh, and, and if she is with NWA now, that's perfect for ODB. Oh, she definitely fits there. She was replacing an injured. She should park her trailer like off the side of where they cut their promos. <laughs> they should. They should just. She should uh, roll up on her food truck. That hopefully she got enough money to uh, rebuild after the fire burned it down. Yeah, her legit food truck that she's in the business of. I, I think that'd be awesome. Um, uh, yeah. So ODB was uh, replacing Ashley Vox, who is injured, teaming with Allison K to take on Melina and Marty Bell. Basty spoiler alert to folks, even though there's not a uh, tie on this, the tiebreaker was which three members of Melina's team was it going to be? And you picked Melina and Marty, so you would have got the tiebreaker there. Yeah. But alas, you won anyways. Spoiler. <laughs> uh, this was, I just, I marked out. I was. Hey, I needed so a win after the last fun. few pay-per-views. You got a couple wins, buddy. Um, <laughs> uh, th- this was just super fun. It uh, it wasn't the best match on the card. I'm not even gonna lie, but with four amazing female athletes, they kept you intrigued. Obviously, there was a a bit of a storyline misconnect with ODB, but I think I I really enjoyed this. And just the fact to have four more women on the card and to see ODB and everything, yeah. I am more than happy to have this match. Just as it a spectacle a, match, I think it's worth it for this card. Yeah, it was a solid B match, which isn't bad, even though it starts with B, I guess. Wow. <laughs> but enjoyable. Super enjoyable. Very nice. Hey, we don't have to stop liking Aaron Stevens because he defeated Colt Cabana to win the three-way NWA National Championship and Ricky Starks. But he doesn't count for shit, just like we said he doesn't count for shit. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> we called that one. Did he count for shit in the match, or was it basically just Stevens and Cabana? Actually, at the beginning, Colt Cabana and Ricky Starks put on a damn good clinic. Nice. 
just just to be honest. And uh, Aaron Stevens, he uh, anybody who knows him from his uh, Damian Sandow days will appreciate him hiding behind the Christmas tree at um, at the announcers' tables um, to avoid. <laughs> to avoid being in the match, and then trying to bust out some of Question Mark's Mongrovian karate techniques, uh, which <laughs> didn't go very well. This was this was a fun match. I, I'm going to admit it was, wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. The was beginning it more of a started, comedy match than what you expected? Well, the beginning started out better than the ending. I think that's what really hurt this one, was that it was a really good beginning, and then... It kind of dragged out, and um, question mark got involved. I think we could expect that. I don't even remember what exactly the ending was, to be honest, because it's all kind of jumbled. But it was it was fun, and the beginning was awesome. I just remember being disappointed by the end, which is sad. Yeah, well, this match had more than double the time of most matches on this card. Which is sad. Yeah. But I'm uh, I'm really happy to see Aaron Stevens as your new NWA national champion. It's good. And he deserves it. And he's going to be great. I think he will, too. And he's... him and the question mark, not only do they do awesome together, but you can obviously see, if, if I know anything from pro wrestling, question mark's probably going to be the one to beat him for the, the national championship. There's going to be a turn somewhere, and it's just yeah. going to be good. And I'll be honest, I, I like Stevens on the mic just as much as I like The Miz and Chris Jericho. Like, Oh, he's awesome on the mic. Yeah. He's just, Too he's right. got the perfect, and the perfect, like, ego for it. It's just, it's beautiful. Uh, so then we got to the main event, huh? The main event is great, Pasty. This was a two out of three falls match for the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. I'm a huge fan of two out of three falls match. We had the defending champion, Nick Aldis, taking on the Cowboy James Storm. Uh, Pasty, as many great matches do, I don't have a lot to talk about this match about, other than it was just super fun, kept me on the edge of my seat. I didn't know who was going to win. I was so excited, having so much fun, marking out like crazy. And that's before we happened to see a certain mustachioed villain appear at the top of the bleachers, Pasty. Yes, indeed. Marty Skrull made his NWA debut, I guess you could say, because he was just in the Crockett Cup not that long ago. Right. But the contracted debut, we would say. Yeah. Maybe. Is, um, there, is there a term on his contract yet? Is that something we're getting into later? Or uh, do we no. not know yet? No, we, we it's, it's pretty... Uh, we do not know. Yeah. We just do not know. Um, but, it, but obviously, anybody who listens to this knows I marked out like crazy. I was marking I, out the I, whole I, match, and then I marked out even more. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't even planning on watching this show, and I, I hit Facebook, and that was what popped up right away. And I'm like, fuck, and I closed it like I, you know, like I was anticipating watching it and didn't want that spoiled for myself. Yeah. <sighs> this was, all in all, this was a really solid pay-per-view um, if you like NWA Power, you're going to really enjoy this. If you don't like Power, but you like the old NWA, I think you'd also like this because it takes a little bit of the hokiness out and adds a little bit more seriousness to it. The matches are longer. 
And then, <clears throat> honestly, um, ODB, Marty Skrull, that was that was really great. The only thing I really noticed as a negative about this, other than if you want to say hokey or whatnot, which, which can be a negative, there was just a lot of... Um, a lot of, uh, um, what do you want to say, a lot of hokey finish, a lot of tricky kind of uh, sneaky finishes. There wasn't a lot of clean, good, straight-up finish. A lot of shenanigans. How's that? There you go. Uh, probably too, too many shenanigans. We could have knocked the shenanigans down a bit. Yeah, I'm all I'm all for shenanigans, so, so I got nothing to say there. There you go. Besides the shenanigans brought me the 4-3 to three win on this pay-per-view. You got to dig it. Plus, you would have won the tiebreaker. Uh, best match of the night, Pasty. I'm easily calling two out of three falls match. And this pay-per-view, I'm going to give a B plus. Could have definitely been better, but it easily could have been worse for as gimmicky as NWA seems to be going right now. Yeah. Did could they still shoot it at their, at their normal place? Yeah. <laughs> Same amount of fans and everything, huh? A little better, a little better uh, turnout, but <laughs> yeah, good shit. I would love to go see that show sometime, man. Just just to be in. That God, wouldn't that be great to be in that audience? That You'd would have be to get awesome. way too drunk before the show started, though. Like I, <laughs> I want to be that one guy yelling directly at Aaron Stevens halfway through his promo. <laughs> yeah, that would be uh, great. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm that asshole, folks. But that asshole also brings in the next segment with this song. Because it is time for your season finale, Savage Sentinel! Woo! We're going to start this one off with a huge congratulations to AEW. The company announced Monday that they reached a milestone of 100,000 live events tickets sold. Damn, in such a short amount of time. Holy yeah. shit. That that's that is probably a record for a pro wrestling company within their first year. That is pretty it's, awesome. Yeah. Holy shit. It's Holy shame, shit. It's a shame they couldn't do the uh the all in numbers added into that. Right. That'd be a nice little bump. But they're doing good. By the end of November, AEW produced 16 live events and sold 91,222 with an average of 5,701 tickets sold per show. That's pretty solid. I like those numbers. It's it gives me it gives me some more hope for AEW and sometimes I think I need that. To think one year ago we hadn't yet announced the launch of AEW and our first show wouldn't occur until late May. And today we are celebrating more than 100,000 live event tickets sold. It's been an incredible run and a credit to our talent, our partners at TNT, and our great wrestling fans for making it happen, stated AEW President and CEO Tony Khan. This is awesome. With uh, with some of the news, I mean, we talked about it last week. Some of the news of dwindling ticket sales and some bad uh, uh, pictures of, of empty seats. It's awesome to know that, despite all of that, I honestly think this is the only pro wrestling company that's ever sold a hundred thousand live events tickets in less than a year. That has got to be a fucking record and an amazing record in this environment. There you go. WWE, you're all about your records. It's time to induct AEW into the Hall of Fame. 
<laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> no, good on you, boys, and enjoy your uh, your holiday break. So, Pacey, we kind of have an update from a story that we broke last week about some um, some failures of the drug tests. In an interview with Premiera Hora, Primo Cologne is claiming that his suspension that was reported on last week's episode of ours is due to him not traveling to the United States from Puerto Rico to take the tests that WWE required. Straight from Primo, he says, I was not on the road. I was not scheduled for any events in the near future. I'm in Puerto Rico when they call me suddenly not to use me, but to travel for a doping test. I was ready to do it, but I told them that I was in Puerto Rico and I thought that I was willing to go to a place that they chose to test me without any problem. I was not going to pay for a trip just to get tested for doping. Then I didn't hear anything from the company about it, and I thought they were going to call me when they found a place to do the test, Primo said. Almost two months passed, and I get a letter that I am suspended. According to WWE, because I refused to take the test, and that is not correct. They took it as I was out of the country, but I was available. I don't want them to say that I failed the test positive, because that is totally false and incorrect. They usually do the doping test at events. Someone appears to collect the urine of the fighters, employees, referees, to do their evaluation about once a month. I was in Puerto Rico. I have to clarify it because my reputation is worth more than any check. Primo revealed also his current contract status, saying, I have a contract with them until October 2020. They can call me and use me at any time if they want. If they don't want to use me, they still have to pay me. They are using new talent, and so is the rest of the industry. So Bobby Roode is... then tweeted, I was in Puerto Rico, too. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, it's a reasonable excuse. Doesn't mean it's true. Doesn't mean it's not no, true. No, but if it is true, it's definitely fair. Like, free motor. I wouldn't go to fucking, you know... Florida to take a drug test if I wasn't being used and I was home. Oh no, and what is country like And if you're not even being used, what does it even hurt you to be fucking suspended when you're right. working at your father's wrestling company down in Puerto Rico, World uh, Wrestling Council? Right. I mean if you're getting paid to wrestle somewhere else anyways, it doesn't hurt you to be suspended couldn't, from WWE. Couldn't his father just fax him his latest results from that? You know what I mean? Well, yeah, Puerto Rico is known for, you know, their upstanding drug policies. (laughs) 100%. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, Uh. let's hope, let's hope, uh, at least this gets scrubbed from the records, because if Primo isn't doping, he doesn't deserve that shit. WWE shouldn't expect that from, from talent that lives outside of the, the for sure legit and i don't think this is going to hurt him i don't think they want him back anytime soon i think he's going to finish up his career in world wrestling console i think there's nothing wrong with that and this isn't going to hurt his standing there so wasn't there wasn't there just something like they were released or one of them was released like no they're both they're both still uh as far as i know they're both still under contract and they're both also working for um Carlos Colon. 
<sighs> well, I could be wrong. <laughs> Let's hear your excuse, Bobby Roode. <laughs> That's why he grew the mustache. I was in Atlanta. <laughs> they they didn't send me a plane ticket. I was in Atlanta. They what haven't been using me. Who's Dolph Ziggler? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Sir, it's because you're on drugs now. <laughs> I know. That's what I've been trying to say. What? I feel like I feel like Keith Lee has buried Bobby Roode because Bobby Roode was glorious, and now Keith Lee is basking his glory. So now Bobby Roode's just kind of out, you know? Yeah, they killed the glorious thing. It was so great, and they just didn't use it right. Well, it's because they didn't use him right. They didn't Truly, use him. Yeah. Period. Like true. Uh, what a wasted signing. That's that's my opinion, sir. <coughs> it hurts me to say it. Just like it hurts these people to be in our injury report. Kyrie Sane suffered a concussion during the main event of TLC. Sane started moving abnormally at a certain point in the match. And then she received a spear from Flair poorly on the outside of the ring which could be a sign that she was already out on her feet by that time. Ask Goldberg. He knows a thing or two about that. Yeah. I'm guessing Sane probably suffered the injury when she was hit on the head as Flair and Lynch were throwing monitors around ringside. No way. Yeah. (laughs) Shocking. Ryan Satin of Pro Wrestling reported on Monday evening that Sane was not cleared to wrestle. And then Oscar fought a singles match against a jobber, I think. It wasn't a yeah. jobber. It was like an NXT one-shot call-up. Weird. So this, this is sad because I've seen a lot of... You know, we got this with Rick and Morty. We got this with Star Wars, and that's poignant because Rick and Morty's on their new season and Star Wars has their uh, last Skywalker movie out today, folks. Yes. And we're seeing and we're seeing it now with WWE and it seems to be that fandom that that fandom that is mostly male that when females start moving up for some reason these males feel threatened and have to shit on them. And I've heard so many people talking about never let the women main event again. Ever WWE started losing viewers when the women we're manning venting. Uh, WWE is going to hell because the women are manning venting. Number one, they were going to hell long before the women's fucking re- revolution. Yeah, yeah. So back that the fuck up. And evolution was Second a damn good pay per view. This is I, you, no shit. And this is like you said, similar to the the Goldberg Undertaker thing. If Kyrie Sane was blacked out and wrestling, a Give her fucking credit for finishing the match blacked out. Just as much credit as we give uh, Mick Foley for the Hell in a Cell match, which, by the way, Mick Foley sucked at. Yeah, don't don't forget that he this was a, wasn't just a regular match. This is a tag team TLC match when it comes to the TLC pay-per-view. This is the probably the most dangerous match on the card. Exactly. So, so back that up a little bit. And... With that being said, if you're going to shit on anybody, shit on WWE personnel that should have noticed the signs and pulled her from the match and let it remain uh, as either a handicap match or however you want to do it. It's a TLC match, so there's no rules saying that both would... It's... I I just feel bad that 
women wrestlers, quote-unquote, in a hole are the ones getting shit on for the main event. Maybe not being that great. You watched it, Pacey, and, of course, we're going to get into more detail later, so I, I can't really say that because I, I haven't. I wanted to go back and watch this match just because of this, and I haven't, but kudos to her for finishing the match, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Well, yeah, hard, hardcore. I, I'm hoping hoping she makes a speedy recovery and comes back soon. I really don't. I don't like that they all of a sudden switch. I mean, they're 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 hot right now. I understand them having Oscar compete singles, but I hope they don't like pull the plug on this tag team because they've been showing up and showing out better than any other women's tag team in either division. And I'm hoping yeah. they don't see Kyrie Sane as yeah, just they, injury they've got a lot prone. of promise. I'm hoping they don't see Kyrie. They could Sane definitely be the, the gold prone. standard bears for the women's tag team division. Yeah. No. Uh, but a superstar who was known to be injury prone, but is outside of the ring now, pasty Gregory Sugar Shane Helms Hurricane. Did I get everything in there? I yes, think. Yes, I Maybe? think you did. What's up with that? <laughs> Anyways, Gregory Helms had a rough Friday the 13th. He tweeted out on the 14th, quote, I started my day yesterday getting an endoscopy and then ended my day in the ER due to a damn kidney stone out of nowhere. <laughs> Friday the 13th, am I right? <laughs> I've never had a Friday the 13th like that. <clears throat> Sounds an awful lot like Jason goes to hell, though. Am I right? I, I have Am I right? I, in fact, I think most of my Friday the 13th are pretty solid, so. <laughs> Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> and finally, on December 8th. Uh, we wish a speedy oh, recovery yes. for Helms and his, his little pee-pee rock. Yes. Take care of that. And finally, on December 8th, 2019, indie wrestler and game-changing wrestling mainstay Marcus Crane was admitted to the emergency room in Las Vegas due to issues from a pre-existing head injury. After being evaluated by the medical staff, it was determined that he needed emergency neurosurgery. During the surgery, the surgeon performed a craniotomy where it was discovered that there was an infection eroding the skull and leaking into his brain. At that time, the surgeon needed to remove a plum-sized portion of his skull to allow treatment for the infection. The doctors did everything possible and were able to start with antibiotic treatment. Even though the first steps have went went well, Marcus has a very long road to recovery ahead of him. The family has decided to raise funds for the incoming medical expenses of future cranioplasty that will need to be performed to repair the skull. Antibiotic treatments recovery therapy, specialized care, and transportation back home. If you wish to help, you can go to www.gofundme.com forward slash F forward slash Mark dash P-O-B-A-N-Z dash Marcus dash Crane, C-R-A-N-E dash recovery dash fund. That's some rough stuff. And if you can't handle all of that, we will we will pin the uh, link to the top of our Facebook page so that of you can just go there and click will. that because 
That'll be so much easier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we wish the best for him. That's that's sucks. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wow. not imagine getting a plum-sized hole drilled in my skull. <sighs> kind of makes Gregory Helms' kidney stone look like a little bitch. Right. Ah. Oh. Go whine about it some more, Hurricane. <laughs> uh, there's a hurricane a coming. <laughs> um, yeah. So there you go. We're gonna pin that to the top of the page. Actually, I'm gonna to I'm gonna go to my now, way right? and do that right now. Pacey, you want to take the? Uh... <laughs> I like that. <laughs> If you want to take the reins on this next uh, story, and I'm gonna I'm gonna actually go pin this to the top of the page. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. New York City police arrested a truck driver who they say fatally struck 25 year old Matt Travis in East Harlem last month and left the scene. We reported back in our best one part two episode that Travis was struck while on his bicycle on Saturday, November 9th. It was found in the middle of the intersection and rushed to Harlem hospital where he was pronounced dead. According to a report from MSN investigators determined a Kenworth dump truck traveling southbound on first Avenue made an illegal left turn onto East 125th street, attempting to enter Willis Avenue bridge and struck Palacios as he traveled southbound on a bike coming off the bridge. 48 year old Lou luck Vu has been charged with <laughs> reckless driving. Luck Vu. Luck Vu. Failure to yield to a bicyclist and failure to obey a traffic device. Drive left of pavement marking and failure to exercise due care. That's a hefty list of penalties. It was noted that it is not clear if the they driver got him. They just got him with everything that they could. They slapped the shit out of him with them. Uh-huh. Gotta repay the curb, too. It was noted that it is not clear if the driver realized someone had been hit. Matt Travis, who was trained by Amazing Red, was a New York City independent star wrestling for both House of Glory and Game Changer Wrestling. Woo! And of course, if there's any more to the story, we will have more for you guys on that in the upcoming season of B-Sticks Podcast, starting shortly into the 2020 year. Yeah, it's just shitty that, you know what, accidents happen, and we get that, but don't drive away like some sort of asshole. Stop, get help immediately. Who knows, he might have been able to save him, you right. know? yeah. Just don't, you're going to get caught anyways, you dumb fuck. <laughs> Before we go into the comings and goings this week, I just wanted to play a little clip I snagged from AEW Dark. Showing uh, Jim Cornette how to do it the right way. Yes. Orange Cassidy. He is a, he's a pretty tough guy. Uh, he's not one to back away in a Blink-182 concert. The man is actually one of the bravest I've ever seen. He's so brave that he would strap a bucket of maple syrup to his back and drive a motorbike through the great country of Canada. 
<laughs> there you go. <laughs> I love that. Uh, he, that he's is... the kind of man who's not afraid to get into a fight at a Blink-182 concert. Uh, there you go. <laughs> I love just the double joke made it even better. It's perfect. And you know what, Pasty? If you're going to be uh, running through Canada with some maple syrup strapped on your back, I hope like hell that you have Manscaped.com's Crop Preserver because that has the anti-chafing ability that you want when you are booking it from some crazed Canucks of the North. Yes. And if they manage to catch you, they might just let you go because you smell so good. Well, we know how the Canadians love their beavers. So if you want to protect your woman while you're up up north doing some ice fishing, make sure she uses the lawnmower 2.0 to shave herself clean because a hairless beaver gets away smooth and clean. That's right. You know what they say in Canada, nude is camouflage. I agree with that. And if you want to get any of these fine products, including the Crop Reviver Soothing and Hydrating Toner, the spray-on body toner that is designed specifically for highly sensitive, highly friction areas of the body, doesn't have to just be your balls, doesn't have to just be your thighs, it can be anywhere. Features soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts for anti-inflammatory, anti-burn protection, Pasty, we said it last week. We're gonna say it this week. We'll probably say it next week. When you're big fellas like us, or if you uh, if you know big women, I love big women. I love women with big thighs. Oh, I just I, I could eat maple syrup off their thighs all days. But you you get the chafing. You're you're walking for a little extra while. Maybe uh, you're sweating a little bit. The chafing, and then it hurts to move. It yes. hurts to sit. It it hurts to do anything. Crop Reviver. Crop Reviver. It's a lifesaver. It is. And folks, remember, 20% off and free shipping. Go to manscaped.com and use the code BEEFSTICKS when you check out. That is B-E-E-F-S-T-I-C-K-S. I know we sound like a broken record. It is so worth it. Pasty and I use it. I know I made a second order already. Pasty, you either did or you're working on a second order for sure. I know that. Yes, indeed. It, you got nothing to lose. This is the best around. If you give a shit about yourself, if you give a shit about your own cleanliness and hygiene, and if you give a shit about your partner or women, what if you really just don't feel comfortable telling your man he stinks. He, he got a hard-working man. He, he brings home good money. He works his ass off. He takes care of the kids. He's a nice guy, but he's, he's, he's stinky. Just get this for him. You don't have to say anything. It comes in the, the, the travel bag. You leave the travel bag under the tree. When he says, what is this? You say, I don't know. Santa must have left it, but it must be for you. It's manscaped. Bada boom, bada bang. Everything's perfect. You're going to love sucking his cock. He's going to love getting his cock sucked. It's You can't go wrong. Manscaped.com, promo code BEEFSTICKSPODCAST, 20% off free shipping. What do you have to lose? Woo, do it today. Not tomorrow. Right now, go to Manscaped.com. Use that promo code BEEFSTICKS. Support us and support your boss. And uh, speaking of supporting, 
Pacey, on the, uh, we're into comings and goings. Yes, yes, we are. And on the latest episode of The New Day, Feel the Power, Kofi Kingston mentioned how he'll be sticking around WWE as he signed a new deal that will keep him under contract with WWE through the end of 2024. WWE is supporting the Kofster. But Kofi isn't the only one to sign a new contract, as both Big E and Xavier Woods also signed new five-year deals at the same time. It is being reported that all three members of the New Day negotiated their deals for the same pay and same terms as a way to show solidarity, and that would not surprise me at all. I believe that. Oh, yeah, they've all come out multiple times in the past saying how they want to stay the New Day. They never want to have the group split. No. And this is a good way to get that into creators' heads right off the bat. Definitely. I uh I have listened to the new episode. I've I I'm keeping up with this show. I like I like what they have to say. I like that they're real about the business. I like that they're not afraid to say speak the truth and right. it's just it's a good listen. I mean it's the new day and they're amazing people and they all have amazing stories to tell. I, just, I do the group itself is an amazing story. It's... Oh, it's fantastic. I do have to admit this episode was probably my least favorite because it came off as very, it was a very negative or downbeat yeah. episode, I should say, which, yeah, which like, isn't, isn't bad. Everybody, let's pick up Xavier because he's real sad. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it was a very, very down episode. But, but it shows and, how and close I... these guys really are, you know. For sure. It was legit. It was It was legit. They were not selling it. By no means. I just, when I think of New Day, I think of the power of positivity. And you just didn't get that with this episode. But not in a negative way. Yeah. They, let, let's let them be real. That's what we want with that show. Yep. Yep. No, no. And I got to say, out of WWE's two podcasts, and I've never listened to Corey Graves' podcast and never will, this one's good. <laughs> Corey Graves, I haven't listened to his podcast, but just everything you ever hear about it, and yes, I'm going to steal a, a phrase from, I think it was Taz. It sounds like he comes off as a tryhard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, keep him, keep him. Just, like, it's a gimmick. Keep him at ringside calling matches, because I think that's what he's good for. I don't know. I don't want to hear his opinion. I look at him, and I just see a raging douche. How can you not? I don't know. Uh, on another WWE contract note, Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford have also inked new multi-year deals with WWE. The length of Street Profits contracts was not confirmed, but as we have noted, WWE has been signing talents to five-year deals lately. And boy, I... Uh, it's boy, I was excited to it's hear good. these guys were sticking around! I mean, they'd be fun in AEW, but then you'd lose the primetime players or no the yeah p- private party, the private party is what you're talking yeah. about yeah and they we, we they were basically a generic they were a generic crime time yeah and now that you got private party which i'm not going to say private party is a generic crime time but i'm going to say that you've lost even more value well, because there's private parties the generic these guys like that's there's no way yeah, around it but better i don't know i like i like dawkins and ford i i really I do. bet you do buddy they're they're fun i like them both on the mic um i mean i like gonorrhea too but it doesn't mean it's everybody's <laughs> cup of tea hello 
<coughs> but no, I I don't know. I, I would like these guys. I would like New Day to not sign five-year contracts and go to AEW too, but I, I don't think we're ever going to get that. We'll just have to keep that to Street Fighter tournaments only, I guess. But let's admit it. I, New Day isn't going to do worse in AEW, but I don't know that they do better. I think WWE really has everything into New Day, not only as a team, but obviously they were willing to show it with uh, Kofi's singles push. So Yeah, yeah. I think they're perfectly good they're ending good their career there. WWE, yeah. And let's just talk about uh, marketing. They're going to definitely sell more merchandise in WWE than they will in AEW, easily. Yeah. Hmm. Just because that's what WWE does, you know. AEW is more worried about in-ring stuff, which I, I appreciate more, personally, me. WWE is more worried about selling things, which investors appreciate more. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they're making good money. They're they're smart to stay there. I don't dog them for that in the least. There's some people I wish would leave. Robert Roode, as we mentioned earlier, would do so much better almost anywhere. Yeah, NWA. Uh, NWA, champion, just, easily. Yeah, yeah. I just want to see him versus Storm and NWA. Like, let's get that going now in 2020. (laughs) Well, somebody pasty who could end up going to NWA, but uh, spoiler by the end of this read didn't, is Impact Wrestling's Killer Cross, who, uh uh-oh, is no longer Impact Wrestling's. Oops. Yep, he's gone from the company. They released a statement which simply read, quote, Impact Wrestling has come to terms with the release of Kevin Kessner, Killer Cross. Cross then posted a video on YouTube shortly after becoming a free agent. The video featured footage of promotions Cross could possibly show up in the, in the next few weeks, including WWE, AEW, New Japan Pro Wrestling, MLW, NWA, and Ring of Honor. Well, it didn't take Major League Wrestling long to pick up the hot crock as the very next day MLW announced on Twitter that Killer Cross would be making his MLW debut February 1st of 2020 during MLW's Fightland event, which pasty is their return to the 23 hundred area or twenty three hundred arena in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Do you know what that is? Is that that's that's the ECW arena, isn't it? That is the original ECW arena. Hell so yeah. um so that's a big night for them, big night for wrestling fans, and I would assume it's a big night for it's Killer in Croc. February though, MLW could have held on to their load a little bit longer. I mean obviously he was trying to play the Moxley thing with this promo video. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what the whole deal was with Impact. He's released. Croc, I could go here. MLW, he's here. It, Unless MLW is afraid AEW is going to scoop him up, but like, I don't think AEW would look at Killer Cross like that. Well, plus MLW, from everything we know and everything we've read and everything we've heard, Court Bauer and Tony Khan are pretty yeah. close, and I, I don't think they would try to. I don't think they would try to scoop something up. I think they would try to work together, which they still could. Yeah. But they don't seem to be the type that would want to snipe somebody from each other. At least yet. At least yet. (laughs) I could see WWE to sign him, but if he owns the name Killer Cross, like that would be dead as soon as he got there. Yeah. Yeah, Although Kevin Kassar is a pretty sweet name, and I don't understand why he doesn't wrestle as that. 
it, it's not bad. It, it's got the um um I, I can't think of what the word is for it, but that Vince McMahon likes when it's double digits, like J. Jonah Jameson and Peter right. Parker and that kind of thing. There's a word for that, but I can't think what it is. Anyways. Yes. Last week we reported George Arias, F, formerly known as Sin Cara, was finally released. I mean Jorge Arias. Thank formerly you. Formerly known as Sin Cara. <laughs> was finally released by WWE with three years reportedly left on his deal. Arias is currently under a 90-day non-compete clause until March 2020. Despite that, he showed up at AAA's Guerra de Titan event over the weekend using the Sinkara name and the mask he wore in WWE. He ran to the ring to save Pagano and started stated that AAA was his new home. Now, the non-compete only covers the United States, Canada, and in some occasions, the United Kingdom, so he's free to perform in Mexico. Same as his friend Alberto El Patron did soon after his release from WWE. But according to the latest episode of Wrestling Observer Radio, WWE has not given Arias the right to use the Sin Cara name as they own it, and the mask is also believed to be trademarked by WWE. I mean, hey, when you create a lucha character and span it over two humans, I mean, <laughs> you probably own that. And you should. I mean, that's but just smart marketing. When they, when they fired him and not... Jorge Arias, doesn't that mean they left? I mean, Cody Rhodes would scoop that shit up in a second. Like, right. It's, it's kindergarten math here, guys. <laughs> he, uh, he has announced that he will be going by the legendary moniker Cinta de Oro or Golden Belt. It so he's going to be a championship. He's going to hang around he, the waist. He is the championship. <laughs> he doesn't win championships. He is the championship. It appears, according to Pro Wrestling Sheet, Arias received permission to use the name from Sons of the Original Cinta de Oro, who also gave him their father's mask to wear. And actually, he posted a really badass picture on uh, Twitter, Instagram, something of... Of him in his Sin Cara mask, holding up the mask of the original Cinta de Oro with his sons. So this is actually a, a really big deal. It's really huge. Um, Cinta de Oro isn't huge in the States, and I don't expect a lot of people to know who he is, but his name carries a huge, huge uh, lineage behind it. And... Um, this this is big. This is when he goes back to Mexico, he's easily going to be bigger than Sin Cara was in WWE. Oh yeah. Let me put it that way. It's not hard to achieve. <laughs> <laughs> that is easily true also. Yes sir. Not I'm not trying to say it is. I'm just pointing out facts here. He should have did a video. He should have came to AAA, and he should have dropped the the mask in a trash can. Just saying. (laughs) That would have been badass. Nice callback to our uh, This Week in Wrestling History. Yeah, he could have had the other mask on underneath of it, you know, so he didn't have to show his face or anything. Exactly. (laughs) And just to wrap this up, we got a quick little thing here uh, that, that we just felt it was worth mentioning Former ECW FTW champion Taz announced Monday that he made the decision to depart his CBS Sports Radio Morning Sports Show 
Taz and the Moose, with this week being his final episodes. Taz, so AEW confirmed, motherfucker. He still has the Taz show. He's still doing his Taz show. He's just not doing Taz and the Moose anymore. Fuck you, Moose. Get out of here. Yeah. Are you going to kick me off of beef sticks? Just run this shit yourself? Uh, no, I don't think I could do it. I don't think I could handle it. <laughs> but something that, uh, that that's hard to handle, Pacey, but so much fun just like your grandpa's wang, and that is Lost in Autoerotic Abridgment. What the yeah. fuck is that? <laughs> well, right about the time last week when we decided this was our season finale, and we're going to come dun. back in 2020 with the season premiere, season three of B6 Podcast, we decided we had to go out with a bang. So I proposed, why don't we play another game? You know, we just played a game, but let's do it again. We like our games here. They're fucking fun. Who doesn't like games? Yeah. Uh, so we're, we're sitting here and we're pondering just for a couple of seconds. You know, I, I really wanted to play auto-erotic, uh, auto-erotic wrestling again, but... It's and I really our... wanted some Lost in Translation... Yeah, and it is our season finale, so why does it have to be about anybody else but us? So we decided to smash the two games together and do it on the topic of Beef Sticks podcast episode descriptions throughout this last season. It's almost like we put a lot of fucking thought into this, huh? (laughs) Wow! We got these fucking listeners fooled. (laughs) Literally only took 20 minutes. (laughs) <laughs> minutes after after we stopped the show last week to come up with this oh and it's great. uh it was great it's very interesting so what we did is is i had evens and and mac had odds and we each took three episodes picked descriptions and took an excerpt from that and put it into talk to transformer.com to have the robot generate some auto laid down goodness and then we threw that in google translate to fuck it up even more so this shit is gonna be real weird real out there and i'm looking forward to seeing what you have but i'm, I'm looking go- forward to seeing what you have pasty <laughs> but first of all did you um it sounded like did you stick with a certain um translation method as we have in the past where we went from x to x to x no i kind of um went through the motions i kind of did what languages the 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 original talk to translate laid out i just what it what it vibed like what language is it wasn't it english well i mean i know but like what what it vibed like is the languages i translated it through kind of in my own mind it probably won't make sense to a lot of people but it did to me at the time well we don't want it to make sense that's the fun and seeing as this is okay go ahead well i uh i went through and i just i just found a letter and i didn't think about it until 20 seconds ago that it may be awkward but we're just going to say it's not awkward i picked a letter and i went with uh translating through that so it was written in english so all of mine started in english went to kurdish then went to um oh 
What's the other K one? <laughs> uh, oh, uh, uh, Korean. Korean. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, Korean. Yes. Went from went from English to Kurdish to Korean to Kannada, not Canadian, Kannada, <laughs> back to English. So every one of mine went English, Kurdish, Korean, Kannada. Oh, And then right. English. I like that. <laughs> so being the season finale, I figured why not go back to episode one of season two which just so happens to be the fifth annual Beefy Awards. So for us to end the season here and pick it up with next, I mean, next year, spoilers, we're just starting off with the Beefy Awards, and it will be the sixth annual. But this is my excerpt from the fifth annual Beefy Awards. And I took the excerpt from the description. After an extended holiday break, the boys are of beef are back in the saddle again. It's time for season two, baby. Join us for our most prestigious event. And then I allowed Talk to Translate to generate some more stuff. Ran it through Google Translate. And I got, after a long lunch break, the little animals are back in their chairs. It's time for phase two. Take part in our award-winning event, Tour. The circle is spinning. The water flows. The beach is clear. We have plenty of food and wine to entertain you. It sounds like a battle, but to you like beer, wine, and a few strings. You may wonder what the hell's going on. Don't worry. That's a good reason. The season, an independent team, was included in the crowd some time ago. I really like my music. So it was fun to be a part of the return. Music. Music. good stuff <laughs> yes I like that. that was a fun it one. sounds like a battle but to you like beer wine and a few strings and a few <laughs> strings you there's know, always you a few bust strings out... attached with b6 podcast you know you gotta bust out the guitars and the violins every now and then <laughs> honestly <sighs> oh that was that was good. I like that one, Pasty. That's a great way to start it off. And with our first one. And I jumped ahead to uh, episode four of this season. It's called Phoenix Rising. So the excerpt that I took from our description was simply, This week, we kick off the show with a rant about our love-hate relationships with various holidays. I thought there was a lot that you could do with that. I figured... I figured that the uh, the translation machine would would go nuts, and uh, it did more than I expected it to. This was one that got dirty without me making it dirty, and that was fun. I love it when that happens. So this is what I ended up with. <clears throat> For the record, I don't know who Jeannie Piero is, so just up front here. The names in this are not real names and have no connection to anybody. This was a uh, generated name. This week, we talk about Jeannie Pirro's international greetings about love-hate relationships with other rituals and about the rage of the show. 
A long and thoughtful discussion about the recent meeting at Clinton's Prime's one-body thigh detention and BBW beautiful sissy slut shop threesome action sissy nude sure natural Abigail dick writing 4G as the baby's old name finally did. There you go. Serious sissy is everywhere. <laughs> I don't wow. know where this shit came up. That is fan fucking test. They got just a string of. I want to visit there. I have to admit, I want to visit. I want to visit Clinton Prime's one body thigh detention and BBW beautiful sissy's lead shop threesome action sissy nurture natural Abigail dick riding 4G. I want to go there. I'm going to I'm going to get season tickets. Fuck it. <laughs> Where can I apply? <laughs> That's great. I think uh yeah, this is my second one gets a little risky as well, which is kind of fitting because this was from season 2, episode 17. Risky business. Ooh. The excerpt I took was it's risky out in the wrestling business, especially with a championship that has to be defended 24 7. Beasts have briefcases that entitle them to title matches at any time. You put on your first ever wrestling event, and 70 year old men have heart surgery. <laughs> I ran that through, and we went from English to Irish to Catalan to Hungarian to Italian and back to English. Ooh, fun. That's I like a to long bounce string. around the world. I like that's I, I try to slab four in the middle and yeah. I, I dig it. <laughs> take it around the world so we really screw it up. <clears throat> so this is what we got. It is very dangerous to summarize Beastlings documents, especially in the championship which must be protected twenty four hours a day. Of course. Why haven't I started? And I think it's not my time. I could have done it. I was able to deflect, get out, and fill up the photos at night with my three <laughs> colleagues and destroy myself like a fun night. <laughs> but I wanted to do something special. I could no longer build it. What would you do with pornography and get a star position as one of the stars? I sat down and listened to this monster and a wonderful, wonderful girl he was. It was incredible. I didn't want to talk about sex. <laughs> I wanted to talk about what I loved about girls. And I wanted to see girls on the beach. Yes! And I remember you mentioned old e my eating habits. <laughs> I said I have a personal chef, but I lose control and say wrong things about my food in my kitchen. I started the bag saying that I have a dad who makes me a sandwich <laughs> or a sandwich that I can eat. Then I told my concerns or? that my friend. What? <laughs> then I told my concerns that my friend, my family, or someone would discover my old habit of eating under the table. I just had lunch at a famous restaurant. <laughs> It is so good. I love it. It, it gets. It got. That me. one's fun. <laughs> Made me a sandwich or a sandwich I could eat. <laughs> what? 
I think the sexual innuendos. I think the sexual innuendos. I want to know that story. That all plays into the sex stuff. It was a cock meat sandwich. Eating under the table, I mean, obviously, right? <laughs> right? Uh, that one was a lot of Well, I mean, <laughs> yes, we've all been there. Hello? <laughs> oh, all right, my next one, Pasty. I had to bust out uh, I had to bust out a WrestleMania episode. I had to do it. I felt we, we owed it to the listeners. Season 2, Episode 10, WrestleMania Roundup. What I started with was, and this is from our description, on the show we also round up all the last-minute rumors and news surrounding WWE's grandest event of the year. That was it. That was all it was. I put that in. Here's what we got. In the theater, we also cover all the breaking news and news about the great WWE event of the year live on Raw. Also, stay up to date on WWE rumors and analyses and talk to Eddie Guerrero. So what you see for free on iTunes as a special bonus is clearly live at Prudential Center with WWE Raw Special. Eddie and Jeff had an intimate moment on Monday morning before discussing Brock Lesnar's new victory at the WrestleMania X7 main event. What is the person? Many years have been called Brock Les Nars, King of Beast, New Heavy, King of Thunder, King of All We Know, and more. <laughs> the last line of how Brock Lesnar fights against the great stars of WWE is Big No No Bad. <laughs> I love that. Oh, my goodness. I love Big No-No Bad. That needs to be Brock Lesnar's new moniker. Big No-No Bad. I want to hear Paul Paul Heyman announce it. (laughs) This is my client, Big No-No Bad. Oh, my God. Heyman would be great with it. It's the name they Pasty, gave I, I got to be honest with seconds. you. I'm going to have to. Uh, I, I, I got to do something real quick. Can you stall? Yeah. <laughs> Can you stall for time? And uh, I will I will hop back. right. Yes, of course. I can do that for you. Uh, of course, we don't talk about it enough, but Badass Beard Care is another one of our close and personal friends. And if you have the beard and would love to care for it, Take your ass on over to the badassbeardcare.com and use that promo code BEEFSTICKSPODCAST. Three words this time, podcast being the third. And you can get $5 off your next order. Take care of your beard above and groom it below with manscaped.com. Get 20% off your order and free shipping and handling. With the promo code BSTICKS. That's right. And that was a double header. <coughs> so we back in business. I, I love the way you sell our merch, buddy. <laughs> All right. So my next one comes from season two, episode I'm ready 29. for you, Pasty. I'm ready for you. Knock it out. All right. A little bit of the bubbly. The excerpt I took was... 
which warranted wrestlers on the Texas Most Wanted list? And most importantly, ask the question, what you gonna do when pasta mania is all over your sweatshirt, Eminem? And I translated this from English to Polish to Hawaiian to French to Portuguese and back to English. Who made a list of the best wishes in Texas? And above all, ask the question, what is the pasta mania course to make a sweatshirt, Eminem? Yes, like every time I saw their bodies lying in my room. <laughs> it was widely accepted, LMAO. The episode of Evil Fish Cage is simply hilarious. It seems that CM Punk is so confident that he keeps this book for himself. There are many planning options for the WWE CPR Intercontinental Champion, who doesn't always do everything he wants. Thus, at the Royal Rumble in 2015, the RKO went ahead and added a slide-away finish from the Young Bucks for Seth Rollins, who won the Intercontinental title at the Royal Rumble. RKO hopes to go with a triple cost like a hot fire, said Rollins. But it's too close to the road, after all, but JBL quit a job. So they've gone as far <laughs> as they could, eliminating Rollins as two presidents. The price seems to have brought Rollins, although some say no. Some here's, say no. here's something that Shane McMahon said about it. I think using the president was a difficult decision. Not a good use of time. Vince has left a lot of criticism. And criticism if he did. Without using the chair. But in the end, Vince is the chairman of the board. That said, I wouldn't do it any other way. There's a time in WWE. There are several chairs that can be used in many ways. But not for a long <laughs> while. <laughs> <laughs> many chairs that can be used in many ways. <laughs> This is Not one, in a long while. This is one I actually like the uh, the the um, talk to Transformer better than I like the Translate. Just yeah. for this little excerpt right here. <clears throat> that evil fish cage part was just hilarious, as if CM Punk actually believed that he was booking this book for himself. There were a few <laughs> creative options from the Intercontinental Champion from the WWE RKO. Doesn't always pull off everything they want. So during the 2015 Royal Rumble, RKO went ahead and added a Young Bucks slide-away finish for Seth Rollins to win the Intercontinental title. <laughs> and then um, even RKO considered going with the fiery death-style triple submission <laughs> as oh. Rollins was helping to do. <laughs> I love it when they bust out the fiery triple death double submission. God, that's my favorite move. And then Shane McMahon had to say, I think it was a terrible decision to use the chairman's chair. It wasn't a good use of the time. It left Vince open to a lot of criticism and criticism as to whether he was making that unwarranted use of the chair. But at the end of the day, Vince was the chairman of the board. <laughs> it's a lot of chairs. That's yes. a lot of chairs. <laughs> That's fun. That this is was fun. <laughs> All right, my last one, Pasty. This comes from uh, episode 16, and I had to bust out the one that has the phrase I've used the most ever since probably starting this podcast of anything we came up with, and that is the Mighty Bear Albatross. Yes. Beautiful. 
And the uh, the snippet I used from our description was, For some, the albatross is an inspiration, the means to take flight and soar on the wings of fortune. <clears throat> Here we go. <clears throat> some albatrosses have inspiration. In other words, flying and going to happiness will be great. For others, Albatross is simple collector hunter and seeks friendship with his murderous brothers. <laughs> but for Vince McMahon, it's chocolate with chocolate. <laughs> but despite Albatross' character, everything is one. The Albatross will eventually become compatible and enter another life. Some Albatrosses are looking for the ancestral region. And others can wait for the end of the year. His titties are chocolate and is part of Vince McMahon. <laughs> I love that. This was this was fun. It's a short one. But it kind of just covered it all. It did. And any any chocolate films. titties are part of Vince McMahon. That is very true. Oh, that goes without saying, doesn't it? <laughs> Surprise! Uh, these were good. This was these good. are fun. I like this. The best I like ones are when they go dirty for no reason. But we, <laughs> I love that they just. I want to know how what the algorithm is that they use. I'm I'm curious, but um, for sure this is good. We're obviously gonna keep uh. Well, obviously, we love our loss in translation. The autoerotic is, is, is a, a runaway hit. And mixing them up, we, you know, just like a Hell in a Cell, we, we're not going to pull it off all the time. You can't do it all the time. No. It's going gonna, it's gonna to cheapen it. But we might bust this out every now and then and mix and match some shit, y'all. It would be a good way to, to go back and, and redo categories we've already done and, like, lost in translation, but really, like, freak it out, you know? Oh, too right, and vice versa. Could you imagine doing some of our uh, autoerotics and then throwing them in Lost in Translation? Oh, that'd be so much fun. Oh, man. We could do it for the big four. <laughs> Fork it up! Um, <laughs> something that's not going to enter the big four, though, Pasty, is TLC, WWE's latest pay-per-view, um, their last pay-per-view of the year. They went out more with a whimper than a roar, I'm assuming. Didn't watch it. Not going to claim I know. Well, the pay-per-view kind of, it started with a roar. It was uh, it was solid. I'd say the first half of the show was very solid. Which and isn't I've, bad, but you don't want, but you want to keep that up if that's how you're starting the pace, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. Ooh. So we kicked it off with the pre-show. Humberto Carrillo defeating Andrade. And this was a very physical matchup between two competitors who should probably just get the hell out of WWE before they become husks of what they are right now. So I'm curious, though, Pasty. So the pre-show has one match on it. We're used to it having two or three. Yes. Do they have less of a pre-show? Did they have a lot of talk and a lot of preview? What's the deal here with there being the yeah. one match? It was a lot of talk and promo packages. You know, See, I, to... I don't mind that. I'm okay with it being a lot That's of talk and promo yeah. and maybe one match between two people that I guess WWE doesn't seem as main eventers. 
Uh, I would argue Andrade is definitely a main eventer, but that I, I get it. Th- this is okay. If this is how they continued to do it, I'd be all right with that. Uh-huh. You know, I, I like this match a lot. Uh, this match had great pacing and ring work from both competitors. At one point, Carrillo was hitting Andrade with a flurry of knees and kicks and busted Andrade's left eye socket open. Ooh. Yeah, there was a decent amount of blood through the rest of the match. Another series of strikes saw massive welt showing on Andrade's ribcage. This was, it was definitely a physical matchup. Carrillo won with a reverse Hurricane Rana and then followed it up with a moonsault. Nice. Yes. Not bad for a pre-show match. Probably could have made main card drop Corbin and Roman Reigns off. (laughs) (laughs) Drop the TLC match. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's WWE. Then we moved on to the main card, which started off strong with the ladder match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Seeing New Day, represented by Big E and Kofi Kingston, defeating the Revival. Ooh, this was this was a lot of fun. This could have been, I I would almost categorize this as a classic SmackDown or a TLC tag team ladder match championship match. Uh. Well, battling at ringside. Uh, about halfway through this match, Dash and Dawson double well, Irish Well, that's easy whip. for you to say, buddy. <laughs> double <laughs> Irish whip Kofi towards the ladder, laying on its side on the ring apron. But Kofi jumped, flipping over the ladder and through the middle rope, which was amazing to see. But what was more amazing is he landed on his feet, bounced off the ropes on the other side, comes back and goes for a baseball slide. But just in time, the Revival lift the ladder and crush Kofi multiple times with it on his way out crushing and immediately stopping his momentum it was a very great fluid spot and highlight of the match in my book one one of many later the revival hit kofi with a shatter machine off damn near the top of the ladder that sound that sounds like one that i want to watch yeah no this is i mean you, you couldn't go wrong building into this This was your quintessential tag team ladder match, and it's definitely worth a watch. With too many big spots to count at the finish, and amazing work from two of the best tag teams in WWE today. Highly recommend it. It's the first match on the pay-per-view. You can't go wrong turning it on. (laughs) So this really hurts me to read what I've read recently, which, which may all just be rumor and innuendo, as Bruce Pritchard likes to say. <clears throat> that they're planning on changing the revival into a com- comedy act. Hearing what you just said, they just proved themselves to be an amazing workhorses. Yeah, yeah, it was a fantastic match. I hope, I hope, I hope that's just all rumor and innuendo and bullshit. No, I just, I think, I think uh, Dawson tripped up coming out doing his entrance, and Vince made a big joke out of it, like he did with uh, Titus World Slide. I don't think it's any different than that. I don't think it's, it's going to be a gimmick. Although, if they are though, looking to leave Titus the company, World Slide turned into a ca- comedy match. Yeah, yeah, but only for a little while. You know, that's what that's I what mean... Titus became. <laughs> well, then he was gone. Right, or, right. So, is he still there? 
He's there, yeah. I don't know what he does. Well, he does all the charity work. What does he do? That's all he does is charity stuff. And <laughs> <main> event. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But we don't want the revival to be that. That's We don't want that. I don't want it. Well, something else we didn't want was this next match to be relegated to the pre-show. And thank God they didn't do it. This, uh, of course, I'm talking about Aleister Black and Buddy Murphy. Aleister Black winning. This was a spectacular match. Um, On the same level or even better than the latter match I just discussed. (laughs) If you're a fan of psychology, scouting your opponent, and great chain wrestling like I am, you'll be asking for seconds after this match, where the first strike connecting happened more than a few minutes in. Lots of lots of well scouted chain wrestling reversals and counters. <sighs> Partway into the match, Alistair goes for a punt kick off the ring apron to Murphy while he's standing at ringside. But Buddy catches his foot and uses the momentum to rocket Black's face right off the top of the ring post. Black drops to the floor and Murphy slams his head onto the steel stairs. Somewhere within the spot, Ooh. busting open Black's nose pretty badly, <clears throat> possibly broken. There wow. was quite a bit of blood, but also his beard and mustache ate a lot of it. <laughs> uh, which now means that both men tied to Zelina Vega have bled during this pay-per-view. <laughs> right? Don't know if there's more to that, but I'm definitely keeping tabs from this point going forward. There's something up with that. <laughs> Despite that, and Murphy remaining a dominant force throughout the rest of the match, Black survives a series of kicks and knees to the head and a rolling spine buster attempted finish. Going into another back-and-forth striking series until Black catches Murphy out of nowhere with a black mask for the win. This match was everything you'd expect from these two men, and I highly recommend watching this one. Nice. Nice. Yes. <clears throat> That'd be, you know what? Maybe I'll just watch the first two matches of this pay per view. <laughs> Honestly, for you, I'd say watch the first two, and you could probably go from there. All right, I, I do. I do want to watch the main event. I'm not gonna lie for for different reasons, but yeah. Well, see, I only got through the first five and fell asleep. But after waking up and hearing the the results <laughs> of the rest of the show, I'm kind of glad I didn't stay awake. Right. <laughs> Fell asleep right at the beginning of Lashley Rusev, and it was probably the match I was most excited going into just because I love the stupid shit. <laughs> but next we had the Raw Tag Team Championships. No stipulation except for the Viking Raiders having an open challenge, which was answered by the OC, Gallows, and Anderson. And the first note I have on this match is meh. There you go. First thing I notice is four fans are sitting at a table at ringside, each with their own big bucket of KFC and sides. Yep, this is the kind of serious you put into your seriousness you put into your tag team division. Sad. Though WWE never takes Gallows seriously, he holds his own against both members of the raid for a good chunk of this match. The match did end in a double countout, which was stupid. And post-match, the OC tried to put Eric through the KFC table. Obviously why it was there in the first place. But the Viking Raiders counter and put Anderson through the table instead. That's that's <clears throat> all I have to say about it. <laughs> it was dumb. Yeah, that sounds not great. 
<clears throat> and then we had the TLC match where King Corbin defeated Roman Reigns and gave me a nice point I needed to tie things up. <coughs> uh, Baron Corbin came out to the ring on a, on a, like a platform carried by four men with a throne on it, you know. But there was a curtain hanging below it, obviously hiding somebody or something. Who I would be there? Right the <laughs> uh, Roman used the kendo stick in the TLC match and doesn't get disqualified. It's a TLC match. I, I don't think you should be able to use a kendo stick. The rules are very explicit. Tables, ladders, and chairs only. Yeah. But Michael Cole says he's teeing off on his security like the Minnesota Twins. But the Minnesota Twins don't play golf or t-ball. Uh, yeah, I think, I think you're right. Teeing off like the Minnesota twins does not compute. Unless, you know, he's just, cause he's swinging something that vaguely resembles a baseball bat, but that's fucking dumb. It's just dumb. Dumb as this match well, was. But then you still don't use teeing off as the phrase. <laughs> right, right. Dumbass. Dumbass. <laughs> and the match was basically Roman Reigns versus King Corbin's chariot carriers, King Corbin, Dolph Ziggler, The Revival, and about 20 members of King Corbin's private security. So, yeah, there's that. King Corbin wins the match. It was dumb. Wow. I didn't know he had his own private security. <laughs> yeah, he hired private security on, like, Raw or SmackDown or whatever the fuck show they're on to keep Roman Reigns out of the arena. And, like, Roman Reigns went around to each security post and took out each group of security just to fuck with Corbin. <coughs> it was dumb. It's all dumb. And then we get into what I am assuming yeah. is the last yeah, glimmer of hope for this pay-per-view, and that was Bray Wyatt defeating The Miz as Bray Wyatt, not The Fiend. <coughs> and my synopsis <clears throat> of this match is as follows. As the match begins, Bray tells Miz, take it easy. But Miz attacks him with a flurry of kicks and punches. Bray stands up in the corner and responds with, now you got that out of your system, pal? Miz comes with another flurry. Uh, at some point in the match, Bray starts laughing. Not showing the pain, but not defending himself in the slightest either. Miz wrenched on Bray's arm, pulling it back in an attempt to snap it. Bray laughs and bags him to do it. Break my arm. Break it. And then rolls out of the ring and uses a barricade to relocate his arm after the move. After being thrown around the ringside area, Bray finally hits Miz with a sister Abigail and begs him to stop. But Miz attempts to defy him. Continue. Bray hits another sister Abigail and pins Miz for the win. But looks sad about it, almost crying, saying to the Miz, I'm sorry, I love you. Bray aggressively snatched his championship from the referee as the Fiend popped up on the Titan Tron. Bray stared into the Fiend's eyes for quite a long while and says okay i'll do it and he rolled out of the ring throwing up the ring canvas pulls out his giant mallet and as he's about to crush the miz's head the arena lights start to flicker and go out and the familiar fiend attack noises start to play bray gets excited and says he's here he's coming and a figure in a red hoodie in the corner of the ring delivers a flying knee to bray it's daniel bryan he's back with short hair and a short beard Welcome the American to Dragon! 
It's pretty great. I, I liked it. The end was good. The match was, it was fun. It wasn't, you know, the I, best. I, I got to admit, I didn't watch the match, but when I first seen that that uh, DB brought back the American Dragon gimmick, I marked out. I would love for him to start going by, and, it, you know, with the whole uh, Bray Wyatt thing and everything's kind of backwards or whatever, I think it would be awesome for him to start going by Brian Danielson. Mm-hmm. What I you think know? would be super awesome is if now that he's back and he's his old self, he fights the Fiend again and gets beat and then comes back two days later with a beard and long hair. <laughs> That's not cool. <laughs> it would be funny as hell, though. It would be funny. I'm in love with American Dragon Daniel Bryan. So, oh, no, it's you know, super it's cool to see not. him back and in this form. It's gonna be It's going to be a lot of fun going forward. I think it will. I think it's it's cool that it happened. I think uh did they did they mention anything? Like did they explain why it's brand not the fiend or are we just ex- uh, accepting it? Uh, I I'm assuming it's just because the fiend is after the people who've wronged Bray in the past that I don't think I mean, have we seen past. Bray without the fiend? Have we seen Bray without the Fiend recently? Isn't it always been the Fiend? I mean, Bray cuts the promos, but the Fiend does the fighting. But yeah, this time Bray did the fighting. I just think think it plays into the hurt heel aspect of things. Um, Don't expect Miz to change much, although he might, because now that American Dragon Brian's back, I mean, it would be the perfect time to kick off the Miz-Brian WrestleMania feud, right? Yeah. Does it play into the fact that Vince doesn't think Miz is important, and so he's making that a point to show it? I don't know. I just think I think it's good for Bray's character <clears throat> to not always wrestle as the Fiend because you do. Oh, that. I agree. Drag, he just yeah. he just hasn't though. I mean, like he's wrestled a lot <laughs> since he's brought the Fiend back a, a good ten times. If we're talking about uh, uh, TV and and pay per view, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. <clears throat> It's just weird that they busted out Bray Wyatt out of I did. I was just wondering if they they gave a storyline reason for it or not. Hey, a couple more layers to the cake. <clears throat> I'm not complaining. I, I'm complaining because I think it's their job to explain it to us as uh, commentators and stuff. But you know, I I like that they're doing something with them. I just wish that they'd give us a reason for it. Mm-hmm. That's all. No, I'll be intrigued to see if Miz's face pops up on the wall with the eyes crossed out. I don't think he does. Right. And then the next match started, the tables match, uh, where Bobby Lashley defeated Rusev with the help of Lana, and long before that happened, I fell the fuck asleep. So I don't got a whole lot to say, other than it was not Rusev Day. And then on Raw, Lana asked Bobby Lashley to ask her to marry her. She proposed to him proposing her. Yes. And it was dumb. That was, yeah, that was stupid. Yeah. And, and for a second, there was hope. Bobby Lashley's like, you know, I hate it when people tell me what to do. Except for you. Da, da, da. <laughs> yeah. And then we got the first ever women's tag team championship TLC main eventing ending the show main event run with ladders and women that have tables and 
chairs for people to sit on to watch the show because it's the first time women have ever sat in chairs. <laughs> uh, I think I got that right. It was yeah, yeah. I mean, we've all heard about it, even if you haven't seen it. It it was not a great match, but if Kyrie Sane was out on her feet, you can't really blame it for not being good, and you you kind of have to be mad at at the officials and I guess somewhat Lynch and Flair for not noticing themselves because they just kept on trucking. Or for not acknowledging it. Yeah, something. You would, you would hope you would hope both Charlotte and Becky would have noticed. Yeah. Um. So for those of you who may not know, we're, we're just jumping into it. The main event scene, Kyrie saying, "What well, well, we mentioned it earlier." You know, they yeah. were she was unconscious from from throwing uh, um, monitors around, and uh, <clears throat> yeah. We, Obviously, the main event was lacking, either due to that or not due to that, one or the other. We're not going to say it would have been great without that happening, but <clears throat> obviously that doesn't help. Um, I, I don't know what to say of this. I didn't see it. They gave it 26 minutes. I'd be interested to see when Kyrie got knocked out and how long the match continued after she was knocked out. Because from the reports that I've read and we reported was that it was early in the match. So, wow. 26 minutes is a long time to be wrestling unconscious. Yeah. Uh, it's rough. I, I wish I wish I would have seen it so I had more to say. Same here, honestly. I mean, we, we both kind of dropped the ball on that. I admit it. Yep. Yep, I should have went back and watched it, but I didn't want to watch the Lashley Rusev match. And like I said, as soon as <laughs> as soon as I woke up, I watched the review and, and heard nothing good about this match. Yep. So, so that'll be interesting to see. Um, I'd say watch Becky Lynch try to set up a table for twenty minutes. So, Pacey, you you won this. Uh, pay per view. You won both pay for pay per views this week. Yes, rock on, awesome. Oh, matching scores of three to four, both times. So um, th- that's awesome. I'm gonna say the best match on this pay per view was God. Any of the first three, but I'm gonna give it to the ladder match, uh, New Day and the Revival. It was a lot of fun to watch. And my grade for what I saw. It's going to be a C, C plus, but I don't know if you can. I don't think I can plus it for good matches at the beginning when there's nothing good at the end. So what are you going with? C? Let's go with a C minus. C C minus. Yeah. We had three great matches and and then the Brave Miz thing that was notable. Other than that, leave it. Sad that, you know, WWE needs to quit with the gimmicks. We had a horrible Hell in a Cell. We had a horrible TLC. Let's just stop with the gimmick. The problem is, is they're like all in a row. Like That doesn't help, obviously. Spread it yeah, throughout the year, help. you know what I mean? I, but we got well, they, the big five in yeah, the Saudi they, show. And they got Elimination Chamber coming up in, what is that, February? They usually have that one. Something stupid. Something fucking stupid. Something stupid. Royal Rumble's coming up. That's supposed to have 10 NXT, 10 SmackDown, 10 Raw. 
Yeah, which is interesting, but not bad. I don't mind that. Although it does limit who's going to win it pretty easily. I mean, yeah, I NXT's don't expect anybody it. from NXT to win. No, <laughs> that's not happening. They won the last one. They're they're going to lose the next few. <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> not going to happen, buddy. Oh, pasty! Anything else before? Uh, hey, we have a new a we have a new NXT Women's Champion. Yes, we do. Rhea Ripley. Uh, wow, way to go, Rhea! She put Shayna Baszler to the test and beyond. Yes, I did and not watch. I, she, I did not watch uh, AEW or NXT this week, but I heard AEW thumbs down and NXT thumbs up. So. I heard that as well, to be honest. Didn't know I didn't watch either one. I was um, busy with the pay-per-views. Too many pay-per-views. A lot of pay-per-views. Life's rough. Yes, indeed. It kind of helps when we split them up like that, though. I think that, that works. I like it. All right, Pacey. Uh, other than reminding folks to go to manscaped.com and use promo code BEEFSTICKS to get 20% off and free shipping, do you have anything else to say before we go? Well, happy holidays, folks, and uh, we, I guess we'll see you in 2020, the great beyond. Barbara Walters year, baby. Book Plain it. sight. That's what oh we call gosh. Grinding. Well, you can you can improve your hindsight with Manscaped. Damn straight. I like yes. that one, Pasty. That was good. Yeah. Good night, y'all. Good night. We love you, and we'll see you next year. Trump got impeached. <laughs>